0: Welcome to the Global Economic and Markets Research Podcast. My name is Belinda Allen and I'm a Senior Economist here at ComBank and I've got Gareth Eyre, our Head of Australian Economics, on to talk about the national accounts. Gareth, great to have you on.
1: Yeah, it's nice to be on, Belinda.
0: Now, we've just wrapped up the third quarter 2021 GDP print. Uh, We were expecting a big fall of 3%. It came in, still a large 1.9%, but certainly nowhere near near as bad as expected the big falls were due to household consumption because of stay-at-home orders particularly in new south wales victoria and the act but gareth the numbers as i said were not nearly as bad as we expected what happened
1: no they weren't as bad as we expected and they weren't as bad as the market mm. expected um yeah, the market was looking for a 2.7 percent fall in gdp we were looking for a three percent fall and the ABS uh, threw up a number today which was nowhere near as bad. Um, I mean, on, on the surface, it's still a very large yes. um, contraction in GDP. But you know, economics and market economics is, in a lot of ways, how things come in relative to expectations. And uh, it certainly wasn't as bad. Um, yeah, it's funny actually talking about the national accounts because the last time we did this three months ago, yep. uh, the set of numbers that we got didn't kind of mirror the economy that we're in right at the time you know the abs told us in q2 gdp was up and we're in the middle of a lockdown Uh, and now the abs has told us that gdp was down a lot in q3 and yet the economy's reopened and things look a lot better so in in some sense markets um, haven't really been focused on the on the gdp data the way they normally would just given uh, things have moved on so quickly from from where we were in the September quarter. But look, in terms of just that headline number, when you think, I uh, mean, you step back and think that half the country was in lockdown for mm-hmm. pretty much um, the entirety of the September quarter, the fact that the output only dropped by 1.9 percent, I think, was a pretty good result on that front.
0: It's interesting when we look at some of uh, the details around it, particularly on those state-based outcomes. There was really a two-speed economy over the third quarter. So, New South Wales state final demand contracted by a very large 6.5% in the third quarter. Victoria held up relatively well despite lockdowns. That contracted by only 1.4%. There were falls in the ACT, but some of those other figures, particularly for Tassie, Northern Territory, really shows you that the other parts of the Australian economy continued to move forward.
1: Yeah, that, that, that's right. Um, I mean, that the state breakdown really gives you the flavour of what mm. was going on at the ground level. Uh, and I've got to say that the fall in Victoria does look a little bit odd. I mean, just 1.4%, yeah. given they're in lockdown for a lot of the quarter, and the construction sector was shut down for a few weeks, uh, does look uh, surprising to me, particularly when you compare uh, New South yes. Wales, where state final demand was 6.5%. But look, I mean, the numbers are what they are. Um, yeah they do paint the picture of an economy and that was very different across the country. Um, clearly, those states that didn't have a problem with COVID and didn't have to go into lockdowns performed very well uh, while the ones that were in lockdown. And we knew this anyway through labour market data. They're the ones that had the big negative hit. I guess then when thinking about where we go from here, we'll get a, a real kick to, uh, to GDP over the, the fourth quarter of this year. It'll be driven by those states that had the weaker outcomes in Q3 Um, given they're the ones that will then reopen, people go back to work and that's where you get the big lift in production.
0: Just turning our attention to the consumer or the household sector and that's certainly where we saw the big fall uh, in the third quarter. So household consumption was down by 4.8% over the quarter, definitely led by a fall in services consumption, which has been a trend Globally and locally, whenever we have lockdowns, we see a bigger hit in services spending than good spending, and that was certainly the case in New South Wales and Victoria. But with that fall in spending came a lift in income, and with that came a further acceleration in household savings.
1: It did. And look, this has been the the bizarre kind of uh, nature of the, the pandemic and the policy response to it, where... You've had you know, big contractions in spending, and this is exactly what you get when mm. you get a negative shock to the economy, albeit that this time around it's been manufactured by our lockdowns. But then we've had income go up, and it's gone up by more than it would have had we not had the, yeah. the lockdowns, because basically the government has sought to compensate uh, workers who have been stood down with income. By putting in disaster payments, I mean, last year we had JobKeeper and the the JobSeeker coronavirus supplement, a little bit different this time around with these um, disaster payments. But at the end of the day, and this is something that our internal data was able to pick up many, many months ago, was that those payments were more than the lost wages and salaries from people not working. And so you get this really unusual dynamic where you're in the middle of a negative shock and yet, income into the household sector is actually accelerating. So you combine the two, which is less spending, more income, and you get this extraordinary lift in savings. And the savings rate was back up at almost twenty yeah. percent uh, over the September quarter. And I think that that's really that's a really important uh, part of the national accounts today because you know finding out that we spent less. Uh, over the September quarter uh, was not a surprise. I mean, uh, we just really wanted to put the magnitude around that fall in spending. We got that today. But Mm. what we didn't know is just how big the lift in income actually was and how much households have managed to squirrel away uh, over the quarter because of that boost in income and less spending. And on our calculations, we think it's around about $50 billion dollars Um, I mean, these are extraordinary huge numbers.
0: Huge numbers.
1: They are, and that number was bigger than we had it pegged. Mm. And so now, if we look back at what's happened uh, over the pandemic, based on actual data from the ABS, um, we can work out how much we think households have saved above and beyond what they would have saved, Uh, and it's around two hundred and forty billion dollars now. We'll get another boost to that in Q4, uh, probably around twenty billion dollars. So we're now looking at two (laughs) hundred and sixty billion uh, that we think the household sector has saved over the pandemic through more income uh, and less spending. that That's a bit over 12% of GDP. So, yeah, you know, when we think about what kind of spending power the household sector has got next year, I mean, it's extraordinary. Um, it, it definitely supports our view that um, you know, the economy is going to do very, very well next year. And it also, I think, supports our, our view that the economy is going to be so hot and will be at full employment that, yeah. um, you know, monetary policy gets tightened next year.
0: So that, that consumption story is a, a definite tailwind. We see. We already know there's a lot of pent-up demand in the economy and with supply uh, constraints out there, we certainly are starting to see those inflation pressures lift in the economy. So the domestic final demand deflator, which just measures uh, domestic prices, rose by 0.9% on the quarter and that's 3.2% now on a six-month annualised basis. So there is that definite pickup in the inflationary pulse
1: in the economy? Absolutely. And um, the inflationary pulse has picked up during a lockdown. Mm. Um, so we, we can sort of say, well, what what would the counterfactual have been if we actually had more of the country out there spending money and doing things? And it would only have been um, a, a further increase in prices. So, and we're seeing that actually in the survey in the high frequency kind of monthly business surveys at the moment. I mean, they're suggesting that price rises are continuing Uh, They're actually gathering speed, so um, all of the data I think that we're looking at um, really supports our our call that inflation's going to keep uh, lifting as we move through next year, certainly in a way that the central bank hasn't forecast. And um, I think when you overlay that with what will be some strong economic outcomes, uh, the economy's going to look in very, very good shape as we go through. Um, Fingers crossed, though, that we don't get disrupted by some variants. But um, look, tying it back into the national accounts today, I I think that um, there was a lot in there to like, Mm -hmm. um, even though we saw a big, you know, headline fall in in output because of lockdowns.
0: Business investment rose by 0.7 percent over the quarter, just because we did continue to see a lift in non-dwelling construction. Uh, We also continued to see public spending. At lift. And I think that's very much in relation to the COVID response, particularly on the health front. So a lot of parts of the Australian economy have continued to move forward. Uh, and as we've said, it's really been that household sector, which has continued to accumulate savings over this period. That really was the weak point, which was expected. And when we look at the outlook for 2022, as you said, it looks very strong.
1: Yeah, look, that, that's right. I think one of the other things that we sort of found out in today's data is that we've all been using the expression learning to live with COVID, but sort of hate to say (laughs) it, but we've kind of learned to live with lockdowns to the extent that these economic outcomes in the national accounts today are nowhere near as bad as you would think Mm. given the the shutdown orders, but it just shows that a lot of businesses must have found a way to keep production going through the lockdowns and finding new ways to get their products out to, um, to households. I mean, that all being said, we don't want to create a blueprint here where we just go back into lockdowns and think that we, um, you know, there, there's some sort of normal uh, way to do things. But, um, look, overall, uh, we've heard the Treasurer talk a lot about how mm-hmm. the Australian economy, he thinks, is resilient. Well, you'd have to say in those figures today uh, they, they do line up with the resilient economy, and I think um, as we head into next year, um, things are going to be very good. And, and, and the higher-frequency data that we've already got, for the um, December quarter is, is certainly consistent with that idea.
0: Gareth, it's been great to get your deep dive into the national accounts. Appreciate it. Nice to chat. Now, you can read our write-up uh, from the members of the Australian Economics team on the Q321 national accounts on combankresearch.com.au, and that, of course, was published on the 1st of December 2021, and where CBA data is referred to, it means the proprietary data of the bank, As the statistics take into account only the bank's data, it may not reflect all trends in the market. All customer data used or represented is anonymised and aggregated before analysis and is used and disclosed in accordance with the bank's privacy policy.